everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Tunnel Vision, a show brought to you by uscfootball.com. I'm your host, Keely Orr, joined alongside Ryan Abraham and a special guest today in studio, Fox Sports, Colin Cowherd. Colin, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we're going to be talking all things USC football. I know Colin has some hot takes. That's what everyone's here for. We'll <laughs> definitely get your opinion on USC football and your tweet. You tweeted out something pretty spicy on Saturday after <laughs> USC's loss to Utah. Uh, we'll talk about what is next for USC. And of course, we will take your questions. We'll ask Colin what you guys have to say. We are on Periscope, YouTube, and Facebook Live. So make sure you put your questions in there. We'll get to them soon. First off, Colin, general thoughts about the state of USC football right now. What are you feeling? Well, you know, I've been kind of cynical of the staff. Um, everything that I thought would happen has happened. Um, I don't think when Clay Helton took the job, he was in a power position. I don't think people in the coaching industry thought he was quite ready for it. They saw him as a coordinator. Um, I mean, when he was hired by Lane Kiffin, I think he was a quarterback coach initially at like western i think it was did he come from memphis i forget where he was at the time he was a quarterback coach. Yeah. he wasn't even a position coach i mean it was just quarterback coach and coordinator um and i don't i don't think he's ever truly in the coaching fraternity and this is very difficult to build a great staff when the word among coaches is i'm not sure how long it's going to last it's much easier when harbaugh goes to michigan for a six, seven year deal, making seven million a year, he's empowered. So if he calls Don Brown, Jed Fish, or really good people, he can get them. And so I think the staff's always been cobbled together. Uh, it's not a great staff. Uh, my coaching contacts in the Pac-12 have for several years been telling me, you know, they're, they're doing it on talent. And so I always had questions about it. I liked a lot of people on the staff, but what has happened is they're just outmatched. Um, Bob Davey can win at New Mexico. He's outmatched in a big five or at Notre Dame. You see this a lot in coaching, where when a coach gets to a certain level, he meets his match. If you put Clay Helton in the Big West, he wouldn't get exposed. But when you put him up against Tom Herman and Urban Meyer and Whittingham and uh, Brian Kelly, and you put him up against Nick Saban, he gets outclassed. He, you can see eight minutes into the game, you're like, they're just not ready to play. Now... I think USC, he, he did have a great win over Chris Peterson on the road. That was a big one. That was the best win of his career. But the question remains, how much of that's Donald, how much of the staff? And there have been moments, this John Baxter's trick play against UCLA. <laughs> yeah. There have been moments, uh, the Washington win. They had a Stanford win uh, early last year. But I think the staff has been exposed. It's, it's not a premier big five power conference staff. I think they've had people, Dalen McCullough, the running back coach, yep. excellent, one year off to the NFL. But by and large, they cannot land elite coordinators and elite people. I mean, you have a defensive coordinator who won't recruit. Would Nick Saban allow that? Um, you know, I just, I think there are, Clay is not, didn't come in from a power position has not been able to assemble the staff, which is really an elite staff, and this is what you have. Do you feel like the staff is, there's limitations as far as the USC administration goes, let, or is it that Clay Helton well, doesn't want to bring in it's gonna be things? It's gonna be really interesting. Pat Hayden played and so did Lynn Swan. And one of the complaints from Lane Kiffin and Sark on Pat Hayden was, he was a coach. He thought he was still coaching. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, one of the knocks on Lynn Swan is he doesn't trust Clay 
and he's played football at a high level, so sees himself sort of as a football expert. Yeah. You know, Oklahoma's athletic director, you know, Clemson's athletic director, Alabama's athletic director, let the coaches coach. So will Lynn Swan hire somebody and just let him coach? Yeah. Or is he going to be over his shoulder? So premier coaches are not going to let you do that. They're just not. Harbaugh's not going to let you no. be in film rooms and be on the sidelines, second guessing. Not going to allow that. So if you want to get a premier coach, Bob Stoops is not going to allow that. Yeah. If you hire an alpha guy, they're, you have to let them do their thing. The, the reason they're an alpha is because they do it their way, not right. because they want to fit into a USC way. And I feel like that's probably what went wrong when the USC looked at Chris Peterson. Like, they want Chris Peterson to come down, but do it our way instead of your way. Oh, I know. That's exactly what happened. Chris said, I want boom, 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 boom. And USC said, we'll give you boom, boom, but not boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and Chris Peterson, by the way, with three-star talent, is winning a lot more games. I mean, Washington's talent, just watch the games. They don't look like Notre Dame. They don't look like Clemson. They don't look like Ohio State. They don't look like LSU. Chris Peterson is an excellent talent evaluator, rigid, strict, hires who he wants from secretary on up, and USC wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Just as a reminder, get your questions in for Colin. Oh, yeah. We'll be asking him them later. So, Colin, you are now Athletic Director Lynn Swan. That's your job right now. What are you doing right now? Uh, I know who I'd hire. Um, so, the world has changed. So, everybody's going to go big game hunting. But let me ask you. Did anybody know Sean McVay before Sean McVay got hired? Did anybody know Matt Nagy? Did anybody know Sean Payton? Did anybody know these guys? Did anybody know Lincoln Riley? Nope. The game has changed. The rules now are so offensively leaning. I love Bob Stoops. You can't hire a 57-year-old defensive coach. I don't want to hear how great Saban is or Belichick. Those are outliers. Those are the world's best coaches. Even those coaches have young, smart, offensive guys, right, running their offense. So look at the way the world's changed. Tom Herman turned it around. Lincoln Riley, home run. What? What's happening? Rams, Bears, Chiefs. By the way, Andy Reid's had all these yeah. young, smart guys. So I would look to an offensive guy, and I wouldn't look to an old offensive guy. I'd go 45 years and younger. I would look to a guy that's got some NFL expertise and also understands the college game. And I think the choice is Jed Fish. Interesting. He Former was, UCLA offensive coordinator. When, first of all, Belichick is the first guy in his resume, and Pete Carroll second. NFL guys like him a lot. The Rams hired him. He is, next to Sean McVay, he's the voice in that offensive, offensive machinery. So McVay trusted him. What does that tell you? Les Snead trusted him. Belichick likes him. Um, uh, Pete Carroll, so he's got NFL respect, okay? That shows you he's a bright guy. I know, Jay, he's a very bright guy. Um, secondly, when UCLA, when Jim Mora got fired, go back and look at the numbers of the offense. UCLA's offense was fine. They were doing it with kind of marginal offensive guys. They were like number three in the country, okay? And remember this, Mora and Rosen were getting so much glare Dead Fish was running the offense. Yeah. And he knows JT. He knows all these offensive kids. He recruited all of them. So he knows Southern California. I know, I think I know who he would hire as a defensive coach, but I'm not going to say it because I don't want to. This is a currently hired, well compensated person in the world of football. But nobody knew who McVeigh was. Nobody knew who Nagy was. Nobody knew Lincoln Riley. 
Nobody knew Josh McDaniels. All these young whizzes, you didn't know who they were. So everybody's telling me, go get Bob Stoops. I love Bob. I know I love Bob. He's 58, and he's a defensive guy. The world, by the way, Lane Kiffin goes to FAU. I wouldn't hire Kiffin, but overnight, three wins to 10. Yeah. You know, say what you want about Kiffin. In the last three years, we have had like cultural, legislative rule changes in football. You can't hire defensive coaches. And again, everybody goes, well, what about Belichick? He's the world's best coach ever. What about Saban? He's got this puppy rolling. But Saban, to his credit, constantly looking for the next smart offensive guy. He had McIlwain. He had Nussmeyer. He had Kiffin. He looked at Sark. He's kept his ear to the ground on smart offensive guys. I think the, the issue with that would be USC's kind of gone that way. They hired Kiffin. They hired Sark. They hired like the young and they weren't, offensive guru. They weren't in my opinion, socially ready for the job. Yeah. Lane wasn't mature enough. Sark wasn't socially ready for it. Jed's married. Jed's got kid. Jed's living in the area. Jed's a grown-up. Okay? Yeah. Jed's not a social animal. Um, those guys weren't socially ready for it. Okay? Um, and again, it, it won't be a big flashy name, but if you're asking me what I would do, everybody say Kyle Whittingham. He's a defensive guy. And by the way, you're not getting him. Okay, he's got a 10-year post-football deal guaranteed. He's got a pension lined up in that state. You're not getting him. He's out. He's yeah. not coming here. Yeah. Steve, as far as your take goes, it's the question becomes now, would the USC's administration want to do that? You know, well, it's not a huge name. So Lynn Swan is still the star of the athletic department. Yeah. True. But they didn't want to give Chris Peterson what he wanted. Would they? But Chris Peterson... Um, Chris Peterson was more dogmatic. I think Jed Fish would be more amenable, you know, to letting Swanee hang around the program. I, I think, you know, Jed's an easygoing guy. But, um, you know, listen, he's, this is, it, it, I, I, I will tell you this, is that, you know, it's not official that Clay Helton's gone. So all of this. Right. That's what I mean. We're talking like, <laughs> but, every two years we end up having these conversations. But I mean, yeah. listen, I'm in a position now where I'm not going to BS people. We all know it's not, it's not like you're losing to Utah. It's that you've got 10 first downs and they got 27. <laughs> I mean, you're, these games aren't close. The Notre Dame game's not close. The Texas game's not close. Yeah. You know, post Sam Bradford, when you meet top coaches, they're blowing USC out. These are not, and remember, this was an easy transition for Clay Helton. Okay, he wasn't rich rod going to Michigan. Right. I'm going to change the offense. But he was in the program. It was the exact same. Yeah. It was like, this is an easy one. This should have taken eight games. Yeah. This was not a difficult, this was not Tom Herman. Okay. New play. Tom Herman's like 15 games in and they're ready to go. 18 games in. So this has never worked. I don't feel guilty talking about this. I don't cover USC. I'm projecting, but let's move on. We, we know it's not working. Um, Notre Dame's a bad matchup. UCLA, frankly, could be a bad matchup. I think Cal will be an interesting matchup. Yeah. It's hard because we, I mean, we all, Clay Hilton's one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. And you, you, it's a guy you want to root for. You of know? course. But you feel like he's been kind of stubborn as far as like not bringing in, you know, super talented coaches and not changing. I don't think it's, I, is it stubborn or remember? The coaches that can, the reason Saban can go get anybody is because everybody knows all you have to do is appeal to Saban. Yeah. Okay. The bottom line is the reason coaches want long, big contracts is they can go get the best defensive coordinators and the best 
This staff has been guys that get fired, guys from Western Kentucky. This is not John Baxter got run out of Michigan. Okay, I'll take him. Yeah. Well, ba Baxter's bounced around college football. Tim so, Drevno gets run out of Michigan. I mean, Clancy's been back. Clancy won't recruit. You know, it's like most most staffs are not going to allow their defensive coordinator. I'm not going to recruit. USC doesn't have the choice. I mean, college football is, if you win February, you mostly, unless you're a moron, win your games. I mean, February 2, February 3 is the most important day in college football. It's not September. You know, Nick wins February. Yeah. It makes the season much easier. Yeah. I thought there was some encouragement a couple of years ago when, you know, we had, the, like, I think you came into my studio the same day Dylan McCullough came in. We both, we had you each on a podcast and that was a great hire. Like, to me... He didn't know anything about USC. He was at Indiana putting guys in the NFL and recruiting his butt. Like, that was like the perfect hire, but that was one thing. And then once he leaves, you don't go back and do that again. So I I felt like Clayton saw, hey, this is what I should do. This is a guy that would love to come to USC. You get him in. He's not someone that just, you know, that you know. He's got a great resume, and he did really well. But they haven't really done that outside of him. Yeah, I mean, listen, when Clay got hired – there was so much chaos at USC. I understood what they were doing. And a lot of us were like, well, let's see how it goes. Yeah. I was one of those. I liked him. Let's see how it goes. And then Darnold develops, and you're like, this is kind of interesting. But when they lost to Alabama, I was like, oh, they're not close. <laughs> yeah. Because, by the way, I'd seen Colorado State give Alabama a game. Yeah. The Alabama game was like, okay, th this staff's not good enough. And then you see the Brian Kelly and the Urban Meyer and – but it's one of those things where in any business, there's a tipping point. And when you watch the Alabama game, you're like, wow, they're not, they're a hundred miles from competing. Yeah. You're watching Ole Miss go toe to toe. You're watching AM go toe to toe. You're watching second tier programs with Alabama giving them a fight for an hour and a half. I mean, that game was over fast. So, you know, there's tipping points. And I understood the hiring of Clay. But he's never truly been empowered. And, and, and again, if, I think if you put Clay in the division with Tulsa, you put him in the Sun Belt. You could put him in Mountain West. And I don't think he would be. It's like Rocky Long. Rocky Long's a good coach. He, I think he'd get exposed in a major conference. But Rocky Long can win games at San Diego State. Yeah. And he can be competitive. And he's a good coach. But I don't think the personality, you know, and I'm just throwing him out. There's Bob uh, Davey. Bob Davey can go to New Mexico and win games, but to to be a Power Five, historically relevant coach at a USC, an Ohio State, a Texas, it takes a great recruiter, a great speaker, <clears throat> an alpha, a little bit of a jerk. <laughs> it takes all those. Uh, Jorge <clears throat> wants to know if the USC head coaching position is still a top five job. It's a top ten job. Oh, interesting. You know, I would say top five still. You don't think it is because of that? <clears throat> LeBron, Dodgers, Rams, Chargers. Um, it's a lifestyle job. Um, if if you want if you want to be the guy in the city, you know, run Austin. It's done. Depends on what you want. It's a great lifestyle job. Yeah. But I would also say this. The downside, I, I've had this belief for years, the downside to the West Coast is it's easily the best place to live. <laughs> no humidity in the summer. The diet's better. The mountain ranges, the beach, no winters. Um, it's a better life. 
and it's a better life. So kids have options and college football is just not that important. And you can tell from the kids, the passion doesn't run as deep with the fans. It doesn't run as deep with the players. I mean, I've, I've talked to coaches. You recruit a Southern kid. Yes, sir. No, sir. You recruit a West coast kid. He's looking at his phone. He's checking on the Lakers. He's checking West coast kids have more options. They got the mountains. They got the beach. They got a little more lettuce. (laughs) <laughs> they've had a lot of these kids out in California. Dad played pro football. They've they've got options and a lot of pretty girls and a lot of fun things to do and a lot of pro teams. And a, LA's got 31 music venues. Yeah. So football doesn't define them. It's not it's not do or die, and that's the downside. In 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 the South, it's everything for the fans. It's everything for the players. It's everything for the families, and it runs so deep. It's so embedded in the culture. College football is just not that big out here. I would say that I mean that's there's disadvantages being you know East Coast bias and all that stuff, but there's some advantages too that USC can kind of sleepwalk their way. They start off one and three. Is there any other program to go win the Rose Bowl after that? Like <laughs> there's so many inherited advantages that and it's not like if you're at LSU, you're driving like 500 miles to see a five star kid. Here you can hit a golf ball and and, and you know get well, a few of them. The advantage is USC is easily the number one football brand in the conference. Yeah. As good as Alabama is, Auburn's a top 10 national program. LSU's top five. Georgia's top seven. The competition is so fierce. So even in the Big Ten, it's so yeah. fierce. You, you know, don't have that kind of competition here. it's here. USC, Washington's all in, and Stanford depends on the coach. Yeah. I mean, by the way, Stanford wasn't in before Harbaugh. No. I mean, now they're in because they're rolling and they have a couple huge... Silicon Valley boosters that love football, but Stanford's been in my lifetime seven win program. Yeah, I know you were a big Sam Darnold fan. What have you seen from JT Daniels so far this season? I like him. I think he's a risk taker. He's fearless. He's got a nice arm. Um, a little bit of a gunslinger. Got a little Sam Darnold where sometimes you're like, ah, JT, no, no, don't do that. Um, but he's more than good enough to win a national title. You have the right coach. They've got, this is not a program. Now, they're perimeter skill people, they're great. Um, they have Jay Tuafeli and Brandon Peely are really good interior linemen. But their pass rushers don't look like Clemson and they don't look a lot like Joey, Nick Bosa. Yeah. Uh, they need a world-class 6'4", 270 pass rusher. Porter Gustin is not that guy. Uh, got great abs, you know, but he's not that guy. They are not as good and as deep on the defensive line as the top seven programs in the country. They're just not. And I'm talking to NFL scouts. When Pete was here, the backups could make an NFL roster. Now the starters are borderline. Jay Tuafeli is an NFL player. I think Brandon Peely could be an NFL player. It stops. Gotcha. It stops there. That's what I'm being told from NFL people. Offensive line. Uh, left tackle Austin uh, uh, Jackson. Jackson, potentially is an NFL player. Rest of it doesn't look like NFL players. So, um, whoever comes here, it, your first recruiting class, twelve of your players should be linemen. You, you got, you know, you need a back. You know, they're receiving. You know, they need some receivers and backs, but the talent on the perimeter is fine. Gotcha. We have a question from Jenna who says, as part of a larger problem, what's your take on Larry Scott and his management of the Pac-12? What will it take to see him gone, and how does he benefit uh, the Pac-12 at all? Well, it's not that he lacks 
smarts. He's a real smart guy. Um, Pac-12 is interesting. Again, it's harder. SEC is easier to run. I mean, you got leverage, you got power, you got passion. Big Ten's easier to run. Jim Delaney's great. Yeah. But again, in the Midwest footprint, Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, those are big names. Out West, you got too many pro teams. I mean, it's a harder conference. It's yeah. hard to galvanize the masses. So you don't have very good TV deals. You don't get big numbers. So Fox and ESPN, you know, aren't like in these bidding wars to get your basketball conference. So I think um, I don't think it's an easy conference to commission. Maybe that's why Larry Scott's the highest paid commissioner because it's not the easiest. I think it's a tough job. But he's probably doing the worst of all the commissioners. But he's had some. I mean, this obviously <laughs> this officiating uh, debacle. Yeah, is really bad optics. Obviously, yeah. Still nothing. We're right in two weeks. Still nothing's uh, happened with that one. So <laughs> let's see. So we heard we have a lot of questions that say we've heard who you want, but what do you think will actually happen in this season with Clay Helton? Will well, a change be made? Who did, like, well, I think they're going to lose. You know, I mean, listen, every, you know, Ryan and I talk off the air. The games have all gone as I thought. So I thought they'd lose to Utah. And I thought uh, the game with Colorado would be really close. And I thought they'd lose to Texas and they'd lose to Stanford. So I think they're going to lose badly to Notre Dame. I've watched Notre Dame play. They yeah. do not match up. Um, I think UCLA could be interesting. I think Cal could be interesting. Listen, we are in a very crowded LA market. The Dodgers are drawing four million or close. The Lakers now with LeBron. Chip Kelly's around the corner. Um, the Chargers and the Rams. The beach. The mountains. Like you can you can keep going with Clay Hilton. That's fine. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't matter to me. But you're disappearing really fast in the market. And you just put all that money into that stadium, which you paid for. You want 60 in it, or do you want 75 jammed and sponsors lined up? Okay, because USC basketball is not driving revenue. <laughs> USC baseball is not driving revenue. So at some point, do you want that Coliseum filled? You just didn't USC pick up the bill on that thing? Yeah, well, a lot of it's uh, donor driven. So people, yeah. I think it's mostly paid for by people that were spending like 20 million to get the suites because there was like all those right. suites and everything. But. I, well, I, all those people want to stay, like you know. Again, it, it's you know, I, I it's not, it's not, it's not. USC football can win six games; it doesn't change my life. But if I ran USC, again, the the thing, you know, in life, how do you solve a problem? Admit you have it. My dad was an alcoholic. Until he admitted he was an alcoholic, he couldn't solve it. Yeah. Okay. You got to admit you have a problem. If you still don't know about Clay Helton, that's your problem. I mean, if you're struggling to go, God, let's see, Alabama crushed us, Notre Dame crushed us, Texas crushed us, Stanford crushed us. You can you can blame the freshman quarterback. Go ahead, I don't care. I mean, you know, again, but if when I watch an offense that has no motion, that can pick up ten first down, and it has five star players everywhere on it, you can blame whoever you want. Yeah. But I think it's fairly obvious from the coaches I talk to that DM me and text me during games, like, how in the hell is this not working? I think it's obvious we have a problem. It's yeah. a subtle flex as well. Ryan, do you have any uh, Periscope questions? That, uh, oh, man. Uh, we have a, There's a lot of people on Periscope. Thank you for uh, – there's a lot of really bad coaching suggestions. Uh, well, there's the Urban Meyer one that comes up a lot. Uh, Urban Meyer may leave after the season. Uh, that's a that's a may. He's got some health issues again. So, but I don't think again. 
you know, there's some stuff going on with Urban's reputation right now. I don't think in Los Angeles would be a great fit. Yeah. We have some requests that you stop smacking the desk. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm very. <Is> that, <laughs> do you do that in your show or anything? I do. I do. <laughs> Well, they're, they're probably on like a padded, they have a padded thing. Yeah, they, not... they account for it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Eddie wants to know, have you talked to Lynn Swan at all? I've talked to him over the course of the year. Um, I don't, he's not going to tell me who he's hiring. Yeah. So I tend to not ask questions. I know the answer. So, you know, Lynn's not going to tell me anything. Yeah. He's not going to tell me if he's unhappy with Clay. And he's not going to tell me who he's going to hire as a coach. So I have to go around him. Um, I know I know the biggest agents. I know Jimmy Sexton. I know Trace Armstrong. If I need information, I can get it from them. Um, by the way, uh, uh, Clay Helton and Jed Fish are both represented by Jimmy Sexton. Uh, so if I need an answer, I'll go to. <laughs> there you go. Because Jimmy go. represents virtually everybody. He yeah. does. Yeah. Jacqueline uh, wrote in. Uh, LA Sports looks amazing. Tough to compete unless you're an AP top ten. Yes. Program. I totally think that's agree. Fair, right? Totally agree. I think that you have to consider... I mean, the Chargers, you had them in your top five of the... the Chargers are as good as the Rams. The Chargers are loaded. And when that new stadium comes, by the way, people are going to have a lot of choices in L.A. Yeah. The greatest stadium in the world and two fantastic NFL teams or, you know, eight-win, eroding, uninteresting, no-zip USC. And by the way, Chip Kelly down the road... That's not getting worse. That'll get better. I mean, I've watched them. I've watched them play five of their games. Every time I watch them in the last, they're getting a little bit better. And they have he's playing like thirteen freshmen. So they're going to those all those kids come back next year. So when was it over in your mind? Clay Helton wasn't the fit. Was it you said the Alabama, Alabama game? game? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, it was just like oh, all right. This staff's not. They can't. They can't do this. So when you have all off season to prepare and you can't, you can't gain yards yeah. with yeah. you know. It's like okay. It was weird because we, I think we had a fan base that was obviously after the one and three start in 2016, most of the fans were against yeah. it. But once, once he won, you know, the rest of the games and won the Rose Bowl, there were people on board. He won the Pac-12 championship last year. And we were talking about this before in the other shows. It was still kind of split after that. There's a lot of right. people that were like, you know, I saw Alabama. I know it's not going to be good. Once Sam Donald's gone, just wait. But it, it went kind of quickly when USC started off one and two this year. And the way they did it, yeah. scoring three points against Stanford, that's okay. what looked bad. Okay, here's the other thing. Pac-12 is not very good right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Winning the Pac-12. Do you know the Pac-12 was, what, 0-7 in bowl games last year? Okay, so 1-8 you, or something. Yeah. One and eight. Okay, don't look at the Pac-12. Utah won. When USC <laughs> goes out of conference to face a big boy, they are suffocated. Yeah. Don't look at winning. Even Stanford this year isn't good. They have no push. Washington, watch Washington play. It's a very limited. They have a non-NFL quarterback. They have a one good running back. Their best player is a left tackle. He's out for the year with an injury. They got a couple good defensive linemen and a nice safety. But Washington doesn't pass the eyeball test. It, Listen to Auburn. You, they're they're a mediocre. If SEC you put team this year. Washington in the SEC, they're a six-seven win program, maybe. So winning, I, I've never been like, oh my god, the Pac-12. When Pete was dominating the Pac-12, he would leave the conference and beat Auburn yeah. and beat Arkansas and, and beat Michigan. Every time USC leaves the conference last three years, they get their ears boxed. So don't fall in love with winning the, the Pac-12. Pac-12 right now is underfunded and weak. True. I know you're a big recruiting nerd. Yeah. How do you think that this lackluster performances by USC affects recruiting in that sense? Well, USC will flip a lot of players if they get the right coach. Um 
you know, again, this is this UFC's brand sells. Yeah. I mean, Paul Hackett landed Carson Palmer and Troy Palomalu. Yeah. So USC's brand's fine. There was a, yeah, there's a lot of recruiting, like, oh, USC got a couple of decommitments recently and stuff. It's like, that's the one thing you don't really have to worry about. Like, the you look at, like Colin was talking yeah. about, there's four and five star players yes. all over the place. Yes. Like, you're still, you know, you're getting, you're getting the talent. It's really just about, you know, what are you doing with the talent? So uh, I get that, you know, if you have to make a change, I, I, don't worry about that one recruiting class that might be a little off, I would say. But. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, if you were Clay Helton and you watched this, you'd be like crestfallen, right? Like, but the whole premise of this thing today is we all know it's over, right? <laughs> like, we all know it's over. Like, you have to admit is you're just you're grabbing fool's gold here. This is it's not working. It's not that they lost to Utah. That was 27 first downs to 10. Yeah. Yeah. That the score that was wasn't indicative. Yeah. Oh, it was a complete blowout. By the way, Arizona came down to a play. Colorado was close. How many players does Colorado have USC recruits? Three? Arizona, two? I mean, these games, USC has so much. Ta the other problem I have with the program is like, Darnold looks better with the Jets at times than he did with USC in the NFL. I mean, there have been games this year where I'm like, wow, he looks, I mean, two weeks ago, he played Denver, tore him up. Yeah. Or it was it Indianapolis? Wait, Maybe it was Indianapolis. Yeah, it was in, yeah. But he's had a couple, uh, Detroit, and you're like, he didn't look like this at USC his last year. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? It is, it's hard because, you know, we're going to go to practice later today and you ask Clay on questions and talk to him. And I, I, when you're there, you don't get the feeling from when you talk to coaches that there's a whole lot wrong. But, he, you know, hearing people like you when we're on the podcast, every question we get, there's there's literally like no support left for the coaching staff, which is just, it's kind of hard to, you know, we're like in this place where we're doing our jobs. But it's, like I don't know, it's, it's weird, Keely, right? Like. Yeah, because it's kind of like rearranging chairs on the Titanic. Like, what's the what's the point? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just you just get to points where listen, I can like, you know, I did this. So this year I haven't gone out to practice like once, and the reason I did it is because I didn't want to be a phony. I didn't want to go out there and glad hand like it was obviously not working. Yeah. So like, when I don't go to USC practice, you know, that's me, me saying, you know, it, it's over. You know, when I go to practice and support, I, I'm like, I feel like there's something there. But, you know, I, I entered this year, and I, and I told you off the air, I'm like, this, this is going to be a six-win team. This, this, is, this is not working with the staff. And it was just, it was the last couple of years just getting a lot of my contacts in the coaching industry saying this. I mean, I had a coach uh, before they played them. I won't say when. I think it <laughs> like it's just, it's just the wheels are turning. It's, yeah. it's, it's not good. It's, this is not a offensively. It's not good enough yeah. for USC. They're wildly underachieving for their talent. That's all I'll say. That's. Agreed. I think that's fair. Like the amount of talent that's there. It's, it's not, just not. You can't score three points against Stanford. That was to me. I was like, there's no way you you have five star quarterback and wide receivers and running backs and all and like. Three points. Utah scored. By the way, and, and here's another thing I'll say. When's the last great offensive lineman they had? Because they're all coming here five and four stars. When's the last one that got better? 
Yeah. They're not developing offensive linemen. Just that position alone. Yeah. When is the Tyron Smith is the last guy that left USC and popped in the NFL? The staff hasn't developed a single offensive line. Well, they, I watch recruiting. I see that Alabama wants them, LSU wants them, Michigan wants them. They come here and they just boom, yeah. all of them. Not one. I mean, it, it, it's when's the last wide receiver out of high school? He came to USC, and again, they're all four and five, and is a first round pick. Name them. The tight ends. The, these kids, everybody's on. When's the last time an offensive left tackle for, for Alabama didn't, you know, get drafted? Jonah Williams this year. Like, you're starting to look at other programs. These left tackles, they're six good in high school every year. They all go to the six big schools. USC got Austin Jackson. Has he gotten better? Yeah. Not really. Like what, what receivers some, are putting in the NFL, you know, Marquise Lees and Nelson Aguilar and Robert Woods is doing great. You know, but that was not this staff, was it? No, no. Well, it, yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just when I look at this current staff, I see the recruits come here, and there have been a couple of defensive players, I think. Yeah. On the defensive side, that it, it's like Anichen and Wusu was a three-star. He Absolutely, was, yeah. Christian Rector. There have been guys that they've coached, but man, on the offensive side, I'm just not been, seeing it. Yeah. It's what you got to see Colin when he comes to practice because, you know, he's like, he's all excited and like walk on, you know, tailbacks will come up to him and he's like, I know who you are. And they're like surprised that they, you no, know, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating, but you know, I mean, it's, um, listen, does, I don't think Lynn Swan has ever truly, this is just my opinion. I don't have it sourced, <laughs> bought into this staff. I know now. He's not buying into it. Yeah, that I know. I don't. He may have initially. I never. I never felt he did from what I heard. But you. You can't tell me he's watching Utah, with his history at USC, thinking this is the right group of guys. Yeah. And again, yeah. you can say it's JT Daniels. In 2018, with USC's talent in a weak Pac-12, you know, three points, ten first downs. Come on. Yeah. And come on. It'd be one thing if you're losing 48-38, and I'm like, listen, they got. One side of the ball, you know, it's it's offensively, it's been, they couldn't move the ball again with Sam Darnold. They couldn't move it against, you know, Notre Dame. They couldn't yeah. move it against Wazoo. They couldn't move it against, with Sam Darnold. Yeah. And by the way, Sam Darnold and Ronald Jones and five-star recruits. And it's like, okay, we, we've got a pattern here. Yeah. True. Any other final questions, Ryan? Uh, yeah, we probably I, I, Did I keep hitting the desk? I probably I did that. that no, we, you're uh, good. I have to go pick up my son. Yeah. So we'll. Uh, I you think can't leave probably, the son hanging. That would, yeah, that no would be kidding. good. <laughs> but uh, thank. I mean, yep. appreciate you coming in and everything. I, I mean, you can, can I get some more show. of that very hip tunnel vision song? Yeah. <laughs> we, see, see, Colin's like closer to my age than Keely. I mean, it's really, like, like cold play <laughs> and that song. <laughs> Are so cool. It's cheesy, Colin. It's awesome. cheesy. Cheesy sells. It's true. Well, big thanks to Colin for coming on the appreciate show. We so appreciate much, yeah. thanks, uh, you. What camera am I looking at? This right one right there. Is that one? Yeah. Thanks, yes. everybody. Uh, we'll see you guys on Thursday for another episode of Tunnel Vision. That's Colin. That's Ryan. I'm Keely. We'll see you later. Thanks.